Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. And out of good intentions, I wanted my puppy to be healthy, but I still fell short. Are you following me? I still didn't do exactly what was needed in that situation. I am a work in progress, and I think you are too. And that's why we need the Holy Spirit to continue to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit in us, that we're continually understanding that we are both righteous and sinful at the same time. That the battle is within our spirit man, that the flesh wants the opposite of what the spirit wants. And as we grow in the things of the spirit, as we grow, as we walk in the spirit, and we grow in the fruit of the spirit, and what we're talking about today in particular is love, but as we grow in the fruit of the spirit, it's what restrains the fleshly desires. It's what keeps those things at bay in our life. So that's why it's so important that we continue to grow in the fruit of the spirit. And we know what Galatians 5.22 says, it's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All growing in our lives simultaneously. All growing in our lives because we're choosing to walk in the spirit. And you know what God's desire is? is that we begin to understand these are his virtues. These are his attributes. And as we begin to understand more of the attributes and virtues of Jesus, we we get a revelation, then he's working within us so that he can then work through us to other people. That is the point of the fruit of the spirit is that we look so drastically different than just someone, like my husband said, with fake fruit. Someone who is loving, but they don't have the fruit of love. Are you following me? So it's different. So we're going to continue to talk about love today. And there's really no greater verse or chapter in the Bible. It's usually used at a wedding, but I'm going to read it from, I'm going to read from the New Living Translation, but it's 1 Corinthians 13, verse 4. You might be familiar with this. It says, Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable, and it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That's the definition that the Bible gives us of what love is. And we're going to dive a little bit deeper into what this verse is talking about. So my first point, love is patient and kind. Patient and kind. Romans 2, 4 says, don't you realize how patient he is being with you? Or don't you care? Can't you see that he has been waiting all this time without punishing you to give you time to turn from your sin? His kindness is meant to lead you to repentance. This verse is telling us that his patience and kindness lead to life 
change. And the same can be said of ours, that if we choose love and we choose to be patient and kind, it can lead people to an opportunity for life change through us. Are you patient and kind? If you're not, then you're not loving. You're not showing love. You know, I think patience has a stance and kindness has a tone. So think about somebody who is impatient. You can immediately see that they're probably tapping their toe. They have their arms crossed. You know, a deep exhale, not patiently waiting their turn, not patiently waiting for an answer from someone. It's a stance. It's, it's a, it's a, uh, a way of carrying themselves that's very clear and distinct. But think about times that maybe you weren't in a hurry. Maybe you were on vacation and you were just, you know, on island time or something like that, or maybe it was Christmas and you're listening to, the, to Christmas music and just browsing, looking, you know, casually at things. How different is that stance? When you're not in a hurry and you have patience operating in your life, you're more likely to allow someone to cut in front of you in line. Oh, you're in a hurry. It's okay. I'm not. Or maybe motion for them to come in to traffic. Uh-oh. It's a different way of living. It's a different way of carrying yourself that you are actually through patience realizing that you can prefer other people first. So therefore you're serving other people. And kindness has a tone. It has a tone. It's, it has a way of Speaking, I, I, I kind of liken it to be careful that you don't always have a can I speak to your manager tone. Are you following what I'm saying? Because we all know what that sounds like. We all know how that feels. And that is the opposite of kindness. Can I get an amen? Can I get an amen? We all know those moments where we want to, you know, dig into some situation. And it's not often that we use kindness coupled with that moment or that feeling. But we have, as parents, I'm sure you did it too, especially in a church setting, we would have conversations with our kids that were very intentional right before we would get out of our car at church. And we would tell them, guys, when we go in the back room, no matter who is there, even if you don't know them, you look them in their eye, you smile, you answer their questions, and you, you use kindness. It's the same way in our home. We're very intentional. We, we really drill into our kids, hey, if someone walks into the room, greet them. If someone leaves, say goodbye. If someone's waking up, it's very, we're very intentional. We say, Hey, good morning. How did you sleep? How was it? You know, it's kindness. It's not just teaching our kids good manners. We're actually teaching them to be kind, to think of other people, to have a tone about their lives, a way that they speak to others. Kindness has warmth, care, and sincerity when it speaks. Love is patient and kind. Number two, 
Love is not envious. Just taking this straight out of scripture. Love is not envious. Proverbs 14.30 says, A heart at peace gives life to the body, but envy rots the bones. Envy will hurt you. Envy will destroy your life. There is a, a version that actually says that envy is like cancer to your bones. That envy is only destroying you, not another person. Listen to me. Someone else's blessing has nothing to do with you. Someone else's life actually has nothing to do with you either. But someone else's blessing is not your cursing. Someone else's promotion is not your demotion. Someone else's praise is not your curse. Envy will destroy your life. And it is the polar opposite of love. Envy is a type of hatred. And broken people will hate people who are living whole. Broken people will hate people who are living whole. And you know what? It's a posture of your heart. It's truly deciding that when people get a promotion, you're happy for them. Not just double tapping because it's the thing you're supposed to do and begrudgingly showing love. No, you're actually celebrating when something good happens for someone else. You're actually grieving with people when they grieve and not happy because something didn't work out the way that that person wanted. Envy will destroy your life and every relationship. Love rejoices with and genuinely for others. It's not just saying the right thing. It's something in your heart. Love is not envious. Other people's blessing, let me tell you something. Other people's blessing should actually be a testimony to you. Because if he can do it for them, he can do it for you. What, why don't we flip the script and start looking at other people's blessings as something that should just actually just increase our faith and stir us up. Say, hey, God, how amazing is that? They got that new house. Hey, God, how amazing is that? They got that promotion. They're getting married. They're having a baby. Rather than letting envy destroy us, we could celebrate those things and say, hey, God, I know you're going to do it for me. I'm just waiting on the timing, and I trust you. Love is not envious. Amen. Number three, love is teachable. Proverbs 12, 15 says, Fools think their own way is right, but the wise listen to others. Someone who is not teachable is someone who demands their own way that they don't see that there's any value that anyone else could teach them, could impart to them. Our flesh inherently wants its own way all the time. Can I get an amen? Some honest people in the house of God or at home, at church. Our sin nature is selfish, self-centered, and prideful. Don't we know it? We want our own way all the time. But love remains willing to admit you don't know everything. I don't know if that hurt a little, but you have to be willing to be flexible to show love. You have to be willing to be flexible to show the fruit of the spirit. Amen. 
You have to be willing to admit that there are things that you don't know and there are areas that you need growth and flexibility. Rather than being somebody who says, well, it's either my way or the highway. You have to be somebody who says, you know what? I'm okay to be inconvenienced because it's not all about me. I'll tell you a fast track to loneliness is making everything about you. Love is, it, it, it wants other people's company. It wants to be able to pour into other people and you would only be pushing people away when you demand that everything be exactly how you want it to be. We have to learn to like some things that aren't our preference in order to love people right. Listen, I don't specifically like waking up early, ever. I've tried, I've read scripture, I've prayed over myself, I've, you know, I've tried different routines and trying to go to bed early. It doesn't matter what time I go to bed, I still don't wanna wake up early. I'm just not a morning person. But one of my husband's favorite things in particular on vacation, ironically, is to go to like new places and explore in the city to eat breakfast. I'm not even really a breakfast eater, but I understand that this is important to my husband. So we have a compromise where I don't do it every day. He'll go without me sometimes, but for the most part, I try to put my preferences aside and just think, you know what, this is important to him. This is fun to him and he wants to experience this with me. So I'll put my preferences aside on vacation and I'll go to breakfast with him. And I'm always glad that I did. But if I just demanded that everything be on my time clock, on my, you know, the way I want it to be, I would be missing out and I would actually be pushing him away in that certain area. But love just is flexible. Love understands it doesn't have to be our way. Yeah. See, the war within is selfishness. But we don't want to end up living a life that we're the only one in it. And if you remain selfish, if you remain unteachable, you will be lonely down the road because you will push people away because people need to know that they're just accepted the way they are too, the same way you want to be. And it's all about flexibility and being teachable. Love is teachable. Yeah. Number four, love is not easily angered. Why don't you repeat after me, say, I am not easily angered. You might be calling things as though they were that are not in your life, but you have to choose to not be easily angered. The other day I was driving um, to pick up Chick-fil-A and I wanted to go a certain way because I knew we were gonna go to the uh, pickup number or you know, parking space or whatever. And so they had this new route that they wanted people to take because their lines are crazy long. And so I didn't see it in advance. And rather than backing up and going the other way, I decided I would go around. But the girl working, the sweet girl working in the drive-thru motioned to me and I, I motioned to her because I was wanting to go straight, but she thought I was trying to cut into the line. But guys, 
I'm saying this to let you know that I had a choice to make in that moment because I wanted to go, you're 12. <laughs> and I need to go that way. But she was just trying to do her job. And I decided in that moment, I even said it out loud to Mia because she was riding with me. I was like, I did not. Oh, I almost used the wrong attitude. And I was like, but I'm just going to turn right. Like this sweet girl just trying to do her job is telling me to do. And you know what? It was fine. But it was an opportunity that I could decide within myself, am I going to show love? Or am I going to show judgment and frustration and anger? It's two opposing forces always within us. And I don't want to be the type of person, and I know you don't either, that we just fly off the handle instantly the moment we feel that somehow someone's telling us what to do or somehow someone's infringing on our freedom. We have to choose to not be people that are easily anchored because that is what love is. This verse gives us keys on, this verse gives us keys, James 1, 19 and 20 says, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. That verse specifically tells you how to not be easily angered. It says, be quick to hear and slow to speak. Couldn't we be better listeners? And maybe if we were, we wouldn't be so anxious and triggered and immediately jump to conclusions, if we decided we would just be a little bit better at listening to people and then slow to speak, slow to respond. That's part of being somebody who has self-control. It's another attribute of the fruit of the spirit. But if you choose to be slow to anger, you choose to listen first, talk second. Listen first, respond after. Love is not easily angered. We could listen to what our kids are actually saying. Listen to what our spouse is actually saying. Take a little time to process before we respond. You have to decide that you are not someone who lives constantly on the edge and that the slightest thing will make you go off. We're not going to live angry. Love is not easily angered. Amen? Amen. Number five, love is forgiving. The verse specifically says it keeps no record of wrong. Are you a forgiving person? You know, to forgive actually takes such strength. To forgive someone who has wronged you, not just based on if they've apologized or not, but based on the condition of your heart. I mean, the Bible's very clear that the Lord's Prayer teaches us how we're supposed to you know, communicate with God every day. And part of it says that forgive us as we forgive our debtors. Isn't that something we're supposed to do every single day, maybe throughout every day, is that we choose to be the type of people that readily forgive, eagerly forgive, because we understand that that is truly love. You know, the best relationship repair kit is an apology. That'll save you a lot of time and money in counseling. 
Because when is the last time you apologized? Sincerely, you didn't add a but. I'm sorry, but. No, a sincere apology. Because you recognize how much you need grace sometimes too. It takes a mature person to forgive when someone has hurt you. But love chooses to walk in continual forgiveness because it's the posture of your life and the posture of your heart. And it's not being a doormat. And it's not letting people take advantage of you. It's recognizing your life will flirt, your life will flourish if you choose to be a forgiving person. It's not about the other person. It's about God's blessing on you. It's about God flourishing you, growing you, maturing you, which is what we want as we're continuing to walk in the spirit and cultivate the fruit of the spirit. Love is forgiving. Number six, love is always searching for truth. I like how 1 Corinthians, this part sounds in the Amplified Bible. It says, it does not rejoice at injustice or wrongdoing, but rejoices with the truth when right and truth prevail. It's not skeptical. It's not rejoicing when something happens that uh, is unfortunate for other people. It's honest and transparent. Love is honest and transparent. That when we're honest with ourselves, when we are truthful about ourselves, it keeps us from judging others because we don't have some lofty view of who we really are in the eyes of God. We recognize we're a sinner saved by grace. No matter how far along on the journey you are, that you're still possibly one mistake away from ruining your life and that we have to cling to the mercy and the grace of God. Therefore, we can understand that that's the truth of who we are and we can extend that to other people. It causes us to be way less judgmental because love is always searching for the truth and the truth about people is they're flawed. The truth about people is they're hurting. The truth about people is they have walls up from things in their past and in their life. And if we choose to see the truth about them, that although those things are true, they're also a child of God. They're also someone that Jesus died for. And we can choose to see the beautiful attributes people have rather than seeing the negative first. We can see the positive and we can see like-mindedness. We can see that we are, you know, uh, you know, brothers and sisters in Christ rather than pushing people away. We'll actually embrace them when we're truthful. It keeps us from lying to ourselves when we're transparent and forgetting how much we need grace and mercy. Transparency is powerful. When you're honest, honest with the people around you, honest with yourself, it's powerful. It keeps us ever reliant on the mercy of our savior and ever aware of our need for his grace. Love is always searching for truth. And number seven, 
love is constant. The band can come up at this time. I love how the Passion Translation puts this part of the verse of 1 Corinthians. It says, love never takes failure as defeat, for it never gives up. Love never stops loving. Love is constant. And as we understand how much God loves us, when we get continual revelation of the fact that there has never been a day that Jesus stopped loving you, there has never been a day where he had a bad thought about you, no matter what you have done, that sets the standard so high for what this constant love is supposed to look like that we are supposed to exemplify the characteristics of Jesus and that is the standard, how different would we look? How different would our lives look if we decided that we were going to love consistently no matter what? No matter what decision they made, no matter what they said, no matter what they uh, may have done against us, we're gonna love no matter what. That we're gonna be constant in our love. You know, I was thinking about this idea that love isn't a pink heart emoji or even a deep red one. I look at love as the muscle emoji that I think about when you would play tug of war uh, on in field day. It's like my favorite thing. I always wanted to be picked. I always was, even though I was very small. Oh, well. Thank you, God. (laughs) But think about it. To win, to have victory, to accomplish the task, you have to dig your heels in and pull with all of your strength. What if we loved like that? What if we decided we were gonna dig our heels in and not give up on people, not give up on ourselves, not give up on our God? and love constantly. We have to love like Jesus so people can change, so people can experience what his presence is like. You know, love is not a theory. It can be seen and it can be felt. It can be given and it can be withheld. And it's our decision what we do with love because love isn't always a feeling, but it is always a decision. And you have a choice to make today. If you want the kind of love that God has flowing through you to others, you have to choose to be constant. You have to choose to be unwavering. It's just who you are, that you love people because that is the fruit of the spirit coming through your life, amen? Love is constant. It is our job to show others God's love, amen? He's wanting to do a work in us so he can do a work through us. 
I hope you were encouraged by this today. I know I'm challenged. I never wanna preach something or teach something that I'm not truly trying to walk out myself. It's not just empty words on a page that I'm really wanting to cult cultivate these things in my own life, to grow and to, to be stronger in every area and to look more like Jesus. And today I pray that this challenges you to look more like Jesus in the area of love. And today, if you have never even considered the fact of how much God loves you, if you've been resistant and you felt empty and you felt discouraged, today I wanna let you know that the revelation of the love God has for you, it can change everything in your life. When you finally surrender and you finally let go of the resistance and you let him love you, that's when your heart can change. That's when your life can change. And then you see a purpose and a destiny that was so different than before you knew Jesus. You start seeing things differently. You start feeling things differently. You start acting different. And today I want to give you the opportunity that if that is you, if you have never asked Jesus to be the Lord of your life, if you have never surrendered your heart to him, this is your moment. This is your opportunity, wherever you are. Maybe you could type in the chat and you could just say, you know, I need Jesus. Or there's a way that you can raise your hand so that the moderators and the pastors that are on the websites can see. If that is you say, I need Jesus. I wanna pray for you today. It's the most pivotal decision you will ever make. Everything changes from here when you call on the name of Jesus. The Bible tells you you're saved. That means that we were dead in our sins before, but because of Jesus, because of his death, because of his resurrection, you can come to life. So today I wanna pray with you. Could you repeat this after me right where you are? Say, Heavenly Father, I recognize that I am a sinner in need of a savior. I believe Jesus, you died for me and rose again in your own power so that I could have forgiveness. I could have salvation. I could have a relationship with you. Live eternally in heaven, in you. I thank you for your love today. Come in and change me so that I can love others in the same way. I'm saved, I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name, amen. This concludes the teaching. If you'd like to support what God is doing here at City of Life, click on the Give button at www.col.tv or text a dollar amount to the number 855-997-6900. We hope you'll join us again.